This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> In fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. Welcome back to another episode of the Hardwood Knox. This is Adam Frommel here with Dan Favale. Andy is not going to be with us today, but you can still find him on Twitter, as always. Today we're going to be talking about the Washington Wizards. It's basically the same team as it was last year. John Wall, Bradley Beal, Nene, Marcin Gortat. Uh, the biggest change is that Paul Pierce is gone, and in his place we, we need to see some big things from Otto Porter. So I think that's probably the most natural place to start this conversation, Dan. Just, Do you think that he can fill that void? Do you think he can make them even better as he grows? You'd have to think his later season performance last year can make you believe that he can be that sort of stretch four or even just that everyday starting small forward for them. I think he can be. I don't know if he will be this season. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in Washington right now just with the iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> in fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. Bradley Beal's extension that he's probably not going to get, you have to wonder if he's going to be playing for himself a little bit more because he has all that money on the line. 
The other thing that worries me is the Kevin Durant rumors. And if you're Otto Porter Jr., you know you play the same position as Kevin Durant. You know the Wizards are going to be not tight financially, but tight in terms of can we offer him a max deal next summer? Would you be the salary that gets shed? Or if the Thunder insist on a sign-and-trade, would that dangle you? So maybe that'll get to his head. And you're also going to get more defensive attention because you're all of a sudden the third or the fourth option on offense now as opposed to the fifth or whatever. But I I think he really can do it. His three-point shot looked a lot better toward the end of last season, and that has been the Wizards' biggest problem for a while is floor spacing. And now that Randy Whitman is finally embracing these small ball style lineups, that's going to help out Otto Porter a lot. It should make his life and transition uh, into that role of prominence a little bit easier. Do you think there's any chance we would see a situation arise where Porter plays so well that they still pursue Durant, but it's under the intention of playing the two of them together in a small ball lineup and maybe bringing Nene off the bench? So you're, you're, that way you're getting as much young talent on the court as possible, and you're still courting that, that guy that you want so badly without pissing off the young guy. Well, I, you see, I don't think it's an issue of they're chasing Durant because they want to replace Otto Porter. They've already benched now. Oh, they just want Durant because it's Durant. We know that. Yeah, we know. That. and they, I'm sure they plan on playing them together if they could work it. My point was just more like they're going to become close to like not being able to afford him. Mm-hmm. So maybe that will get to him. But them playing together would be a steal. Kevin Durant doesn't really have a position if you think about it. He plays small forward for the Thunder, but because of what Serge Ibaka can do as a center, Kevin Durant's played some small ball four, even though he's technically the size of a power forward. He would look great next to Otto Porter. They're basically interchangeable in those slots. I agree. Think about how fun their offense would be. I'm not sold that Washington's the best situation for him in terms of surrounding talent. Uh, It just seems way too similar to really what OKC has when you look at it. But just imagine... Beal, Wall, Otto Porter, and Kevin Durant, and then Marcin Gortat. You're not going to play defense that well, especially on the inside with Gortat, but that's going to be a fun offensive team. Oh, I I totally agree. But I think one of my favorite things about Porter, we really saw this in the playoffs, especially when he averaged eight rebounds a game through those ten outings, is that he takes some of the pressure off of that aging frontcourt because Nene and Gortat aren't exactly in the spring of their career any longer. And they have to stay healthy to, if for no other reason than being appealing to Durant. Because he's not going to want to go into a situation where they're spending so much money on a front court that's completely washed up. So I think, I think Porter's willingness to go in and bang on the glass and use that length that he has to his advantage really helps them out more than just because he's ending possessions or creating second chance opportunities. Oh, absolutely. And you, know, you have to look at the fact that Nene's not even going to be there after next year. You're only going to have Gortat. Uh, he's basically, I don't want to call him a one-trick pony, but his side of the ball is offense, and he needs John Wall on the floor to be effective. We saw how his field goal percentage plummeted when Wall wasn't on the floor last year. There's that to consider as well, and it does help that he does other things. He can be a pretty good defender. I know people point to those vines or and memes and videos of where he sort of fell asleep on backdoor cuts. There are things that he needs to work out, but remember... And that was that might have been my favorite play of the season, the one you're referring to where he just like stares into space as the yeah. defender makes a backdoor cut. What we sort of forget, though, is that his rookie season, he wasn't healthy, and then he was used seldomly. I don't want to say he was a rookie last year, but that's in a sense... It was an extension of his rookie campaign, and defense takes a while to grasp. He can be a two-way player, and... He really showed why in the playoffs. He came out, he hit threes. He shot 37.5%. He can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. He hit almost 35% of his spot-up trays. 
last year. And that's a big stat for me right now. I love guys that can shoot off the ball. He seems like he can be that double-ended player. Will he make that leap this year when you don't have Paul Pierce there to draw defensive attention away? I don't know, but I think he can be that good in the long run. By the end of this season, I would expect to see a very different Otto Porter. Are you ready for what could be a major hot take? Oh, God. Wait, hold on. Let me hold on to something. Okay. 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 Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I think that I like Otto Porter more than I do Brad Beal. I'm not saying he's the better player right now, but I feel like he actually has the higher ceiling. And part of that is that Beal has totally stagnated the last couple of years. He's a great three-point shooter. He hasn't figured out how to create for himself. He hasn't figured out how to create for others. He's not a great defender. And I see more tools. I mean, if if Otto Porter was a baseball player, we'd be talking about him as a potential five-tool player. We'd be talking about Beal as a specialist, maybe a big power hitter. So for me, those that the scales have flipped here. I could definitely see that. See is that, why a, hot, you would is say that it. a hot take? Is it a, a tepid take? I think it's it's probably it's probably closer to the hotter side just because Bradley Beal is going to get a max extension or a max deal in free agency or close to it. I don't think he's going to actually sign the extension. It's funny, though, just randomly that you said five-tool because I almost called Porter a two-tool player before when I was trying <laughs> to describe if he could play both ends of the floor. But I do understand where you're coming from. This season – will either prove you wrong or right because it seems like Beal is aware of these flaws. He's already talked about cutting out mid-range jumpers. Um, he is a pretty good three-point shooter, so if he can do that, drive to the rim and just shoot threes, the James Harden game that we like to call it. I, like you, though, am disappointed in how he's developed as a passer. I know that John Wall has the ball in his hands a ton, but I almost thought that Beal could act as the backup point guard at points when he entered the league. And it just hasn't been the case like that. Maybe it is because he's playing off the ball so much or playing off wall so much, but he definitely needs to improve as a facilitator. He's an extremely inconsistent defender. After three years, we still can't call him a two-way player, and that's certainly troubling as well. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be concerned about there, and it's it's worth noting that he is a fantastic shooter. I mean, the guys the guys who can knock down 40% of their shots and and fire away as often as he does, do not grow on trees. And he does make the Wizards significantly better when he's on the court, as so many sharpshooters do in this modern era. It's it's the fact that I don't know how much better he's going to get until he makes these leaps that I, I haven't seen any signs that they're coming. It would be one thing if there were these occasional stretches where he was serving as that that backup point guard behind Wall or really locking down for a couple possessions in a row, but we're not seeing it. Granted, again, yeah. he's 22. He's 22, and it's worth noting. Absolutely. He also hasn't had the best in terms of injury luck, but there are two things you have to look at. is Can he develop as a passer? The Wizards' offense is going to be a little bit more versatile this year. Maybe that will help him. That's what you have to watch. And then you have to watch his effort on D. Can he give more consistent efforts? Can he maybe even guard up on those small forwards uh, depending on what teams that the Wizards are facing. His shot selection is really bad as well. But again, because it's like you said, he is so good from the three-point line and he is so good off the ball, you can just assume if he's conscious of it, his shot selection should improve where you can cut down yeah. on the mid-range jumpers. That doesn't bother me. It's the defense and, like you said, the passing. But it does sort of lead into the new look of the Wizards offense just because Randy Whitman has committed to using stretch fours more. Do we believe There's- in that, though? Do we actually think that he's going to stick with what he did in the playoffs? Because this has happened before. And I hope I, he does, because this is a fun team. 
that needs to play smaller and needs to actually shoot threes instead of those mid-range twos. But I have so little faith in Randy Whitman. Your skepticism is totally understandable, but it's something they're going to stick with. How do you not? You saw you, you played really well in the playoffs with it. That's what really fueled your second round run. And it almost it looked like they were gonna be an Eastern Conference Finals team at one point. And I'll present this with the caveat that it's preseason. They have the best offense in the league right now. Yeah, yeah. For the preseason. Again, that means nothing because the Clippers are laying eggs on offense and you know that's probably not gonna stick. Same with the Spurs, but You've seen what it can do for them, and they look comfortable. John Wall looks so comfortable. He almost at points looks confused that he has so much space to mm-hmm. work with now, and you don't have Nene and Gortat, and they're clogging up the paint, and now you have hum threes, chucking trays. It, it just seems like how do you not stick with it at this point? How do you not? I would be shocked, honest to God shocked, if they diverge from this at all. It'd be colossally stupid. It would be. It would be. And I totally agree with you. There's just this nagging voice in the back of my head that says, don't fall for the Whitman trap. Now, I like their offense this year. They, they weren't good last year. No. They picked it up at points, and, and you could see um, their potential at certain times. But they still ranked 22nd in offensive efficiency for basketball reference. Which is Do so you- much worse than they should have been with that talent. Just by switching lineups, they should creep into the top half. Do you think they could be a top 10 offensive team? I mean, absolutely, because you have one of the best point guards in the NBA, and that's usually enough when you have good pieces surrounding him to get there as long as you don't have a coach or a scheme that's holding everything back. And like we're saying, it seems like they turned that corner in terms of figuring out how to play modern NBA offense at a high level. So I don't have any doubts that they can get there. It's whether they will, and so much of that is going to depend on health, because if Gortat goes down, then you lose your primary dive man. If Beal goes down, like we've seen way too many times already in such a young career, you lose your floor spacing, and Wall, as good as he is, isn't a guy who's going to single-handedly carry an offense. It it also kind of looks like they need that one other guy to step up in a big way. I don't know if it's going to be Alan Anderson whom I thought that was a great acquisition. It was. Martel Webster, can he turn it back to 2013-2014? Might Jared Dudley play really well? Could Kelly Oubre Jr. I mean the other us? the other thing about all these guys, I don't have concerns about them because Wall is so good at making players exactly like that look good. Because I don't think there is a better player in this league. Maybe maybe LeBron James is the exception at driving into the lane, keeping his head up and finding guys in the corners. He makes guys look so good because he's hitting them right in a fluid motion. I think probably a year from now we're going to be talking about Manuel Moutier in that sense as well. He, sure. he works the corners yeah. very nicely himself. Yeah, it's it's just tough because Wall is going to play a lot of minutes if he's healthy. He's not going to be on the court all the time. And you, again, you need you look at this team and the potential of the starting lineups regardless of who you really mix and match at that four spot or that three spot, depending on what you do with Otto Porter. But you, you almost need to hit really well on two of those reserves. And they do have a great number of options. But, again, their backup point guard situation isn't great. Ramon Sessions, Garrett Temple, you don't know what you're going to get from Kelly Oubre. Jared Dudley seems to play well every other year. Uh, Alan Anderson, he always seems like that good three-point shooter. Can he do more? Can he provide anything on defense? Is Martel Webster, does he have anything left since signing that big contract? There are a lot of ifs that they need to hit on. You also don't know, what are you going to get from Nene? And they're probably going to play him at center more, where he's definitely best suited. He's not going to give you anything defensively. 
Which would lead me to my next question. Their defense was really good last year. Do you see, and it's been good in the preseason as well, do you see regression? You know, they, no. they were a top five team. You think they're going to... Yeah, I think they're going to stay right in that range again because you're looking at a bunch of pieces that not only work well together but are good at their individual positions. Gortat is not a guy who's going to end up in a defensive player of the year conversation, but he is a good rim protector, and he is pretty decent at covering pick and rolls, which is so important in today's NBA. And sure. beyond that, you have, you have John Wall, who is arguably, probably not, but in the conversation at least, the best point guard defender in the league because he's, he can wreak havoc everywhere. He's so athletic, he's so aggressive, that he can disrupt so many plays that other guys aren't going to at his position. So when you have those, the, the guy right at the front and the guy at the very back that looks so good, and then you have a bunch of different pieces who can hold their own, they don't have any true liabilities on that end, and they know how to play together. They, they have the benefit of continuity, they have the benefit of working in a similar scheme that they've had for years now, there's no really there's no real reason to expect a severe regression on that end. Wall has almost become underrated defensively because of how good he is offensively. What scares me about him this season is whenever he seems to set goals for himself, like he does really well. The whole he made making the all-star team an obsession and he eventually made it. And now he's talking about he wants to make an all-defensive team. Uh, he wants to lead the league in assists, which he'll be in the top three for sure. But it's just, if that's going to be his focus, if defense is going to be his focus, they're a scary defensive team. So my next question is, can you name me three teams, three more teams that are going to be better two-way teams than the Wizards? You look at them, I could see them being a top seven defense, top ten offense. What teams can do better or match that? In the the Warriors can. The Spurs can. Oh, really? <laughs> Those are the easy answers, right? The Spurs can. The Hawks can again. Um, other than that, I don't. I don't know that you're going to see any that are as well balanced. But the issue, the issue with Washington isn't going to be the balance. It's going to be whether they can assert an identity enough to win that one game when the going gets tough. Um, it's still hard for me to look at this team. And, and think that they're in line to make a substantial jump and really, and really assert themselves as the, a, a top contender for that number two seed in the East. They'll be in the conversation all season, but I still see them falling short of getting there because even with that balance, I mean, you're talking about finishing top seven on both sides of the court, but I think it's more likely they finish right at number seven in each one than have a truly elite unit on either end of the court. You wouldn't consider them being truly elite if they finish in the top seven. That's I no, would I, I just, top I, seven I just really. mean like I don't think they're going to be a top one or two on either side of the ball. So you're still looking at at seven, which I mean that's still what like a twenty seventy fifth percentile in the league, right? Yeah, no, I, that's I not truly elite to me. I can understand what you're saying. You also do they have that guy who can take it to the next level when the moment matters? I'm not a big guy on intangibles; they matter. But people focus on them too much. You lose Paul Pierce. That's a loss in a lot of them. It is. That's a big loss. And I think that you're really looking at a season where Wall is going to have to take over that responsibility. We've seen him become more of a leader in recent years. He's perfectly fine in that in that role, despite what Colin Cowherd might think. Uh, oh God! <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. 
But I think we're looking at a season where he's going to have to take over, not just as the leader, but as the veteran leader. And I do think that there is a, a difference there that's more than semantics. I, I did have one question I wanted to ask you about, Wall. It's just for this, this season, for, for 2015-16, how many point guards would you take before him? I would take Steph. Duh. I would take I would take Chris Paul. I would I would take Russell Westbrook. And the next one's the one I'm interested in because you're thinking about Kyrie Irving now. Oh my god, that's so I was actually thinking about Derek Rose. No, I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> that was mean. That was mean. Um He this season more so than ever, you could make the argument that he's a top five point guard. I think it not that it's always been a stretch, but you've really had a fight tooth and nail for it. I would take him over Kyrie, especially yep. Kyrie Irving's injury history is worse than John Wall's, yep. and Irving has been relegated to pretty much a glorified shooting guard, which is fine. He does it well, but John Wall has more responsibility on his shoulders at this point. Yeah, I think he's number four in my book as well, and I, I think I actually have him closer to, to replacing Westbrook as number three than I do dropping down behind Kyrie. And I'll go on the record here for like the third straight season predicting that he finally joins that 2010 club, 20 points and 10 assists per night. I just, uh, he needs to shoot more and probably develop a three-point shot if he's going to get there. He really does, but I I think that he's probably going to have a bit more responsibility just because you're going to see Gortat not used quite as much and you don't have that Pierce anymore. So Now how does your top five point guard hierarchy go right now? Pretty much how you said it. I definitely have Steph at number one. Uh, Chris Paul a close two, Westbrook third, Wall a close fourth, and then I think you have to give that fifth spot to Kyrie. Um, probably a couple other guys in the conversation, Damian Lillard. I put Eric Bledsoe in that conversation, but I think oh, that yeah. it is still Irving's to lose. I mean, we can mention Mike Conley, we can mention Kyle Lowry. The point guard position is so stacked. You know what's kind of weird about that, though, is there are not a lot of, if you just look trying to on the younger side, you have Emmanuel Moutier. If you want to throw Lillard in there, kind of, he's pretty old because he spent so long in college. Irving's still pretty young. It doesn't seem like there are any up-and-coming point guards right now that you can point to besides Moutier, and we haven't even seen him play a regular season game. Perhaps that's just a symptom of the fact that it is so deep, you're not going to have opportunities I mean, I think you can guys. put someone like Alfred Payton in there. I think he can yeah. qualify as You such. come talk to me when he can shoot outside AFU to the basket. Sure. I will. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I love Alfred Payton. I, I just, know you do. You know, know me you do. and jump shots. You know it by now. Yeah. Uh, my, so, I guess we're here at this point. I finally. think we are. I think we are. Wins? How many wins are the Wizards going to get? And I think the bigger question, where are they going to finish in the East? It feels like throughout all these previews, we've kind of bounced around with our win total for like number two in the East. And... We've talked about how there might not be two teams that win 50 games, but the more I look at it, the more I think that there are going to be, and this Wizards team finishes 48 or 49, I'll say, and fourth in the Eastern Conference. That's one spot up from where they are last year. I think I still see them finishing behind the the Hawks, the Cavs, and probably the Bulls. Cavs, really? Probably the Bulls as well. Can I be bold, and maybe this isn't bold? You have the Cavaliers at number one. Number two is the Hawks' is to lose. I could see them dropping off, but I still firmly believe it's theirs to lose. I mean, they're due, they're due for regression, but they're still a great team. Uh, again, I, I think number two is theirs to lose. They're clearly not. If they get number one again, that'll be incredible. Um, Wizards are three for me, and I know you can put – I'm not putting the Heat in that conversation. They are no. so overrated. It's funny. 
They don't even know how to play fast. They're confused. But I digress. You look at those three other teams, the Raptors, the Wizards, and the Bulls. The Wizards are really the only two-way team on there. The Raptors have some potential in defensive end this year. They were awful last year. The Bulls could be good. It's going to be a little bit tough with the way they're playing their offense now. I think the Wizards are going to be the third best team in the East. They're going to get 50 victories. I think it's a bold prediction in itself to say that the third team in the East might flirt with 50 victories, but the Raptors did it. Oh, the Bulls did it last year, too, but it's still probably bold looking at the East. I think 50 and the number three. I do want to slightly disagree with you that the Bulls aren't going to be a two-way team because we know that Hoiberg is going to focus a lot on offense, and they do still have the luxury of having so many players that are intimately familiar with the Thibodeau defensive schemes that even though it's a new coach, I feel like they're going to have so many elements of that and so many veterans in that system that they'll still be just fine. For sure, because, I mean, you have Jimmy Butler, that helps a lot. Mike Dunleavy, if he's healthy. Joakim Noah, if he's healthy. Here's my concern. I actually think Fred Hoiberg is kind of an underrated defensive coach. The way he coached in college... It wasn't really he, – he wasn't focusing on defense, but it, Iowa State wasn't terrible. And just no. the way college Especially played, for as fast as they played. Yeah, and that's what that's my point. My concern with the Bulls is you're already talking about moving Joaquin Noah to the second unit. Playing Nikola Miritich uh, and uh, Pau Gasol together will be a defensive nightmare. You don't know what you're going to get from Rose on that end because he was pretty bad last year. And I'm not saying they can't be a two-way team. If you look at those three teams – the best two-way teams of those three is clearly the Wizards to sure, me. Sure. And I think that balance will win out in the end. So I'm going 50 victories at least, third seed, book it. Has confetti rained down or anything? No? All we'll right, I guess it wasn't bold. We'll pretend. Is it bold enough? It's bold enough. Um, but now that we have the wins in the book, uh, the Wizards season preview is officially done, and it is now time for... Yes, it is time for Burns My Bacon. We are going to have sort of a different segment today, uh, more of a tribute Burns My Bacon, just something that struck a nerve with both me and Adam and I'm sure Andy Bailey as well. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves coach passed away today, Sunday, uh, after a battle with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And it's very sad. He was only 60 years old. He has more than 15 seasons of coaching experience under his belt. And it comes as sort of a surprise because, and I'm even reading this now, when this was first mentioned, it seemed like he was going to leave the sidelines and still be president for a year, and then maybe he'd come back to being a coach in a year, or who knows, but he would be there in a bigger capacity. And the doctors considered it, quote, very treatable and curable. And to hear that he passed away was just really sad. There's been an outpouring of support and love on social media today. Kevin Garnett, if you have a chance, posted a picture of him looking at Flip Saunders' parking spot, essentially. It was just powerful and moving if you get a chance to look at it. Our thoughts and prayers are with the Timberwolves organization and, and Saunders' family. He he just he was a he seemed like a good dude and I don't want to bring this back to basketball too much, but He's done one hell of a job with the Timberwolves over the last couple of seasons with what he got for Kevin Love, the direction he took this rebuild. It really seemed like the Timberwolves were distancing themselves from that David Kahn fiasco, and he was the man behind that, the, the architect. And to consider where they are now when you just traded who was arguably a top-five player at the time, a top-ten player in Kevin Love, to be set up like this in the West with so much talent, uh, kudos to him, and he will certainly be missed. Yeah, I just want to echo everything that Dan said, and unfortunately, I never had a chance to meet Flip Saunders in person, 
But from everything that I've heard, he was a truly good person and an integral part of the NBA family. So he will, without question, be missed. Um, on that sort of somber note, we will end this preview of the Wizards now, actually, officially, because I apparently lied before. Um, if you would like to continue speaking with us about the Wizards or anything else, you can get at us at Twitter. Andy Bailey can be found at, at Andrew D. Bailey. Adam Frommel can be found at, at Frommel09. That's F R O M A L 09. I myself can be found at Dan Favalli. That's F A V A L E. All of us can be found at, at Hardware Knox. Until next time, guys. Shout out, Bina Udri. The iPhone XR is here at T Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> in fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right, get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. Skydiving. This is amazing. Yeah, but you know what else is amazing? An iPhone 6S for just 49 bucks at Metro. Really? Imagine streaming all the way down with that amazing camera. I'm switching. That's smart. You know what else is smart? Parachutes. Woo! Switch to Metro and get an amazing iPhone 6S for only 49 bucks. Metro by T-Mobile. Phone offer requires port-in of number not currently active on T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions.